Hey everyone, I'm Halise Beast, a digital storyteller and video producer. Hi, I'm Mr. Halise, and I'm a nurse and a chronic procrastinator. Okay. Together, we are making the Beast Cast, your favorite aunt and uncle sitting here talking about married life and things like such as. Welcome to the first official podcast, video cast, anchor cast episode. What makes it official? Because this is the one I'll put on anchor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Season one, episode one, we out here in these streets and things like such as. Um, if you want to see, for those of y'all listening to this and not watching, we call these video casts because there is a video portion of it that ends up on my YouTube channel, Halise, or youtube.com slash Halise, if the spirit moves you. Um, but of course, you can always just listen to them here. So either way, you're hanging out with us. Welcome. Yay. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, our first official episode, we're going to talk about a topic that came up in one of the comments of a previous video cast. It was someone asking about this idea around prenups, getting married and getting prenupped. And just also piggybacking on that, another person commented on finances and how as a married couple, we handle, I guess, joint accounts and things like such as. So we're going to talk about, we're going to do a two for one and talk about that today. Anyway, prenups. Prenups. What are they? <laughs> we, oh, we have to start. Do you need one? I don't know. I'm just... Oh, okay. Um, I mean, prenups, they're prenuptial agreements made between two parties that are joining in a marriage type situation. Yeah. You can, you can see it however way you want, right? Like if you, if you think that you're protecting each other or you think that you're protecting yourself, you just have to make that case. Mm. Um, if your partner has a problem with it, then... It's like, well, okay, so is there really that big of a difference in your resources? And if there is, and one person feels protective about it, then you obviously need to make those discussions. And this is something that you brought up last time. It's if, if you're talking about a prenup, it's because you're concerned about something. And so it's at least a platform for discourse. Right. Because it's also, I, under, I completely understand, especially now as people we know are getting married later and so you've actually accumulated some right. wealth you know we got married when we were very young neither of us had anything <laughs> of any real values it was like sure you want to leave me in a year and take my nothing go ahead you know but as people get older and like accumulate actual wealth like maybe a property or two or whatever the case may be I totally understand how someone is kind of like look I love you and I want this to work but I already know that I want to leave this house to my aunt or, or, you know, just stuff like that. And it's like, I just need you to be okay with that. And to me, it is like, yeah, starting a conversation that y'all should be having anyway. Right. Before you get married. So I see it as the catalyst for that. Yeah. I mean, if you, it's, it's like anything else that you want to invite in the marriage, like the as we mentioned on the unofficial first episode, I told I told you it's bad. I told you it's bad. Coffee's Ooh. bad. For those of y'all listening, I just took a sip of the coffee and like, wow. Okay, go ahead. I I thought I was just making coffee. I didn't realize that I was, you know, making our own divorce filing. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, if if you want, if you want or need or you feel like you need um, premarital counseling or even marriage counseling, mm -hmm. go ahead and do it. Don't tell anyone. Don't let anyone tell you 
whether to do it or not. Yeah. Make yourself a list. If it's not outside your financial means and your partner is down for it, then do it. Same thing with a prenup. If you feel like you have assets or you just don't know if you can trust the other person, then you just need to, yeah, come to terms with that. Yeah. Talk, get with the lawyer and, you know, hash it out. Talk about it. And that's, that's pretty much it. Based on the comment, it seemed like the person was very much like, I don't know if prenup, I can't understand why a prenup would even be on the table and things like such as. And I was like, eh, I mean, like, for example, I think you can Google this. Like, I think Mark Zuckerberg, he's the owner of Facebook, right? Mm. He has a prenup with his wife. And I want to say, I should probably Google this and confirm if I'm wrong, I will let y'all know in the notes or whatever. But I want to say that part of his prenup agreement, because when you're a big celebrity person, everybody seems to know about your business, (laughs) is that his wife like carved out time where she was like every, there's like a certain level of amount of time that he has to spend with her. um, And that's built into their prenuptial agreement. Like, in order for us to get married, you need to have two weekends with me a month. And, you know, you can't answer your phone and, like, things like that. And to me, I'm like, that makes sense. I can totally understand how you would want to do that if you're going to marry somebody like Mark Zuckerberg, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be, you should not, uh, don't take it as a reflection on your relationship and love automatically. Yeah. Understand where it's coming from. Because if you automatically feel like, well, why does he feel like the relationship is going to end? Why is he automatically thinking about, you know, what if situations? Because, you know, people, one, like you said, need to protect themselves. We're very neutral in a lot of these responses. It's like, I am neither for it or against it. Go with your heart. Well, But you have a discussion. You have the discourse about it. Like, why are you neither for it nor against it? And then you go into your reasons why. Hmm. So what if I had... That's what I was about to, the next thing I was going to ask you was like, if we hadn't gotten married when we did, let's, ooh, let's paint a picture, if you will, okay? Say you and I had actually met in, in maybe another five years, so we didn't actually meet until you were like 35 and I'm 30. Ooh. Seeing our trajectory now, assuming that we don't have house situation, all this foolishness, right? In five years from now, you know, Halise Beast Media is a thing, and I have like, a podcast arm already and I have the channels like blown up and like I have assets in a couple of things because of that um maybe by then I do own a condo you know all that kind of stuff and then you yeah and then you yourself maybe you're like a chief nursing office an officer at a hospital you're making a certain level of money you too have a house maybe you would what would you think then would you be like Mm. hmm you know (laughs) knowing Um, how and then also knowing just how ambitious we both are in our own separate rights even now as we've been married for as long as we have oh man this is such a good segue to the next question yeah (laughs) well because so let's let's table that for right now and talk about how we how we felt about finances and how we deal with finances okay um now yeah hey guys if if you're enjoying this episode then please feel free to either leave a like or you know share um post um you know whatever the spirit moves you to do feel free to do it yeah please feel free to leave a comment if you would like to contribute to the production costs go ahead and go to halisa's patreon which is i believe included in the link 
patreon.com slash lease yes feel free to sign up as a producer there is no minimum to give um but you can set a maximum yep um so we're all about your budget if you feel like you're adding to our budget yep um if you do not have the funds to do that that's okay we appreciate you being here anyway yeah go ahead and just let the ads run yes that's the biggest help letting the ads run on youtube specifically if you're watching on youtube but you know endure it as best you can if it's a 30 second or a 15 second ad you know just let it run through through, we appreciate you yes and we understand a lot of y'all in the comments of the last one said that you were letting the ads run now and i went through and was like you're the best you're the real mvps though because you really are like letting the ads run really does help (laughs) yeah you being here we're only making this content for you so the fact that you're showing up um really means a lot we've had a few new producers join the patreon team so i wanted to say hi to jamie evans hello and hi to lydia lydia baird hi lydia baird hello and then swank smalls hi you are this you may be the smallest of swanks but you are large in heart yes Thank you so much. But if you do have a large heart, then get it checked out. Oh, yeah, because that's not good. But thank you so much for becoming Patreon producers. Welcome. We really appreciate it. Welcome to the Patreon production team. Again, if you're interested in joining, patreon.com slash Okay, back to the podcast, videocast, beastcast. Yeah. Bye. So that's this segues into the next part of the podcast, which is finances. Someone else commented on asking with as much as we're willing to share, how we manage our finances together and separately. And so when we first got married, I definitely took it more from, more from the angle of what's mine is his, what's his is mine. And that was mostly because I was fashioning it after my parents. A lot of the beginning of our marriage, I just fashioned after what I considered and still consider a very stable marriage, which is my parents. So I knew that they had a joint account that they shared. And then I also knew they had their own separate accounts. They were separate in more in terms of just like, they just call them their separate accounts. But my father can easily go to any account that my mom has. He's a co-signer on all of them. My mom can go easily go into any other personal account my father has. She's a co-signer on all of them. And so that was my way of thinking was this like you can have a separate account or whatever but push comes to shove if I need to access it I can access it and then we share one account to pay for things that we both use i.e rent mortgage bills and you were like a little hesitant about that at first because I immediately started winning and going into when we first got married I started being like all right let me sign, be a signer on your account. Here's the signer to be on our account. I'm going to start this joint one. Let's get into it. You know, <laughs> I got very, like, here are the specifics. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I was very independent. Like, I was bachelor-minded, right? Like, I had never been in a long-term serious relationship, never had to think about finances. So I was just protective about what I thought was mine. And again, that's part of getting into the marriage is you find this balance of independence and codependence. So I struggled with that. And then... We, I mean, we did, we do have a joint, so we have a joint account. Um, so every time I get a paycheck, um, there is a predetermined portion that goes into the joint account. Same with me. Portion of mine is kind of like sequestered for car note and student loans. It's mostly student loans. Whatever's left over after that, I split three ways. And so one goes into the credit card. Um, a portion of it goes into the savings and a portion goes into the other credit card. When I worked full-time, when I had a full-time like W-2 job, 
um, it was, yeah, I would make a certain amount of money that would go into my personal account. And then I would transfer, we had, there's a agreed upon amount that we figured out. And essentially it was just whatever the rent, whatever the rent was at the time, all of our bills, like all the shared expenses of having a life together, your cell phone, insurance, like all that stuff. We figured out what that amount was yep. and we split it in half and we both just, and we figured split it in half like bi-weekly because that's how we got paid. And like we all, we always just put that into the joint. And we also factor in things like going out to eat together. Now as a creative entrepreneur, that's what they're calling us now, I think. Basically I'm self-employed. Now I still meter it out. So I pay myself from my business bi-weekly still. Um, There's no air quotes. That's your business. You're right. It's just weird. Um, I pay myself bi-weekly from the business. The IRS could be listening. (laughs) She pays herself legitimately from her legitimate business. I'm sorry. (laughs) That is publicly filed. Right. Okay. I pay myself bi-weekly from my business. Um, It's a less amount from my full-time work, but I'm almost back to what it was, so I'm excited. And then I pay that to myself, and then I put that number are agreed upon new number because I've had to shift a little bit um, into the joint to cover our cost of living. And then there's a little bit left for me on my personal, not the business, but my personal account. And that's mostly it just goes to gas and the few times a week that I might need to eat out because I'm, you know, off shooting somewhere and I just don't have the capability of having a lunch for myself. So yeah, that's like the nuts and bolts of how we handle finances. So talking about the personal accounts, like the most recent argument slash conversation that we had that involved finances, aside from, again, the whole housing thing, was the fact that I had a certain amount of money in my personal account that you didn't know about. Yeah. Um, but so I, I had that. And the reason I... I, know, I didn't think you were going to bring this up. I was going to... I mean, I'm wow. not going to... We're not going to talk about... The specifics. The specifics of it, okay. but... I, I had more in that personal account than she knew. Yeah. Um, and the reason being was that I have so much student loan debt that it was a it was a mark of shame and it was it was this burden that I felt was mine because I'm making my own student loan payments out of my paycheck. It's not it's coming oh man, like we're technically paying for it, but it's I'm the one that's that's making the payments. Um so it's still my burden, um, but it's so shameful. Like I, I, I am so ashamed. One at having so much student loan debt, and two at the prospect of having the student loan debt be the reason of our financial ruin. So I just had this neurosis that compelled me to keep a certain amount of money in that personal account, just in the event that oh something went wrong and I couldn't pay my student loans. I would be set for at least a couple months. She was upset. I was. Very understandably so. Yeah. Because it felt like, I remember, and this and this is why that prenup thing, I think that's important. Because I remember for me, even though I completely understood where you came from emotionally and why you did it, um, for me it was just kind of like, it was the first time I actually ever had to consider just consider your intentions or consider, I guess, like a trust issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'd never, I have always like, even from when we were dating and friends, like I always just trusted you completely. And I never, you never gave me a reason to question it. So I never had to. 
it took me like a day. Like I understood where you were coming from. Oh, it took it took like two or three. Yeah, I understood where you were coming from, but for me, it was more. Un- and it wasn't even that what you had saved was really even like a crazy amount or anything like that. But it was just more just the action of it. It made me have to now think about oh, right. I guess you could like take something from me and I not know. It took a couple of days, not just for you to digest and understand your feelings, but yeah. to understand why I did what I did. Um, and I remember that we actually talked about it in the car. So we, we had, we had been discussing it a little bit and then we ended up parking. And that's when I had the epiphany that it was because I was so ashamed of my student loan debt that, excuse me, I just didn't want it to be the reason why we were going to fail. What ultimately came from that So because we were doing a joint account, we were trying to be a little bit more transparent with and equal in the, in our share of of the financial burden, right? Just with the cost of living. So this, this rift led to even more transparency in our finances. So the money that I had in that personal account, um, I still keep a balance on there, but I, I try to keep it to a certain level for whatever reason, if I'm squirreling away a little bit too much. I will let her know, and I've already done this about two times now since that um, event. Like, hey, there's there's a little bit too much in my personal account. I'm shifting it into the savings, or I'm shifting it to the personal, or whatever. Or you're like, I'm in the process of saving for this. I want to put down a thing to buy this thing, and that's why, or like whatever it is. So much so, you're actually getting like a little annoying with it. Like, I don't need to know <laughs> everything. Well, and it's it's now. the same thing with you. I think you. You tell me like, oh, I, I have a little bit more on my personal account, or like I, do. I, yeah, I have I a, mention it to you a lot. I have yeah. a balance on my on my checking or my credit card. That's and this is why it's like, okay, <laughs> I really just check this one or two account, and that or one or two accounts, and then we're good. Yeah, and I I feel like the way this is gonna come off to a lot of people is they're gonna be like, dang, y'all are so neurotic about who has what money or whatever, and I think it's I don't know if it's necessarily. To a certain degree, I think they probably are a little bit right. But then also to another degree, I think it's also that we're so neurotic about sharing everything. So that way, again, there is never a rift or the potential for there to be a lack of trust. Right. Things should be, things should appear equal because they are equal. I would rather be annoyed that you're telling me about everything you're buying than... I not know. So much so now that I remember I've told you this before. If you just come to wherever we live with a car and it's a new car, I'm not going to freak out because I'm going to know exactly where you have got the money to buy that. You know what I'm saying? And also that I'm not going to buy something ridiculous. Yeah. And you're not going to buy like a crazy Porsche or something crazy like that. And so to me, it's just kind of like, I would rather, I feel like it's better just to have a lot of transparency, almost annoyance of transparency. So that way you're unconsciously building a very strong level of trust. So that way then there are moments where your spouse can go off and do something that seems very independent, but to you when they show up with it, you're just kind of like, okay, because I know we have the money to do that. So Once you start keeping something from the other person, then... That's a sign, like, ooh, I need to tell them. Well, so it's like, it's a pearl, but it's it's a bad pearl. It's like a... It's a divorce pearl. Mm. So, and you know how a pearl develops. It's just like a little bit of dust that gets inside the oyster. And so it's like a, it's an immune response. And so it just keeps coating it and coating it and coating it. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to invite that little piece of dust, that little piece of sand. Oh, that's a good metaphor. Right. To create this pearl. Yeah. 
you know. This pearl of shame, this pearl, pearl of, of trouble. Shame. For us, finances have been about even more diving deeply into trust. Because I remember actually coming into that, that discussion, that issue that we had, I remember my immediate thought then was, and I told you about this too, because I, when I started thinking about the whole trust issue and like the money you had squirreled away, it started implanting into me the idea of, oh, if we're trying to just own what we actually own or whatever, then I remember at the time I was putting more into our savings account. And so right. I was like, I remember I brought that up. I was like, it, it immediately makes me want to pull out the money that I know I've put into our savings account. Like, oh, it's actually not our savings account now. It's like an account that I've contributed the most to, you know? Right. It started to feed, like, feed that kind of um, separation and like resentment. And I didn't like that. And so talking to you about it, that was what made us lean into, yeah, me just being like, I need to fight this urge to want to naturally separate from you now and just give you access to everything that much more. So that way we don't have any other issues into the future. But that was still very nervous. I was still very, even though we talked about it and resolved it over the course of, I think, a month or so, I remember for a little while after that, I was still very much like, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, cause it, and it's not, it doesn't have to be infidelity. It doesn't have to be. It's yeah. just like once you invite doubt into the relationship, then. Then it becomes, it's a slippery slope. Because I remember even telling you, I was like, if you can hide that from me, what else can you hide from me? Right. Um, but yeah, so that brings me to that, our, our point. When we first got married, we had nothing. We have slowly accumulated a little bit of something. We've had a few rifts because of that slow accumulation and had to solve them. If we hadn't met when we did, and maybe we met five years from now, keeping in mind that, like coming up with a trajectory that makes sense, where I am doing this, but it's grown already, maybe. Um, and so I have basically a media business. And you, in your nursing profession, are maybe the chief nursing officer of a hospital. So that comes with a certain level of je ne sais quoi, if you will. Um, then we had met, would you want to do a prenup? I mean, I'm a hopeless romantic, right? You are a little bit, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I understand wanting to do a prenup. Yeah. Because, like, people are unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And so especially if, like, I know that you're a level-headed, reasonable person. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if you're marrying somebody and you know that they might not be, then... Yeah, you just you just have to because it's like okay, well she's gonna come after me for everything, and especially like depending on the state that you live in. Um, right. So here in Texas, no matter what, whether there's a prenuptial agreement or not, the default is everything gets split down the middle. Right. Everything. Um, even if like you owned a multi-million dollar business and I was your housewife and that was it, they'd be like, she she gets half your business. That's just the way that goes. So. And I mean. I would not, I mean, oh man, Oof. It's tough. I mean, it, it that way. if that was a situation, then I would not want you to get like half of the business because you didn't do anything for the business. Exactly. Unless it's like, well, didn't I get half of the business? Because like who, who did your clothing? Who mm -hmm. fed you? Who like cared for the kids? Who did all these things? Because who kept your house running right. so you could go and work on that business? You're earning your own 
business. So like what happened, like how much would you pay to do all of that? Right. Exactly. Um, may not be like several million dollars, but that's interesting that um, our viewpoints on this are kind of evolving. So <laughs> I would say. Yeah. That's you why need, we just talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I would say that you need to look at not just what's going on right now, but you need to look into the future. And so mm. if you do have all those assets, realize that you have to put yourself in that situation where what if we're not together anymore, we're splitting. If you're the other party that doesn't have as much, think about it in a few years. And if the person does come up to you with a prenup, just think, okay, so what am I getting at the end of this? You know, am I going to stay home? Am I going to have my own job? Am I going to have my own resources? Am I going to have my own nest egg mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to protect? Yeah. Because it's also thinking about it too, just knowing, looking at our marriage too. Because remember in the beginning, you were the breadwinner because I was looking for a job, right? I mean, there was, if you could call it bread, it wasn't even like Hill Country Fair. Right. <laughs> or like off-brand bread. Right, right, right. But great value, great value bread. Well, I was looking for a job and then we both had jobs and then you went back to school and I became the breadwinner for a little while. So it, like even throughout our marriage, it's gone back and forth. Well, no, we, we were equal for, for a period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's an accomplishment to get the master's with like... And, and still working full time. Like, don't take that away from me. <laughs> I did things. I'm not I did sure. terrible things for this master's degree. I did terrible things for this crippling student loan debt. And you can't take that away from me. Well, um, sure. If you are fine. Okay. Whatever. I guess well, the point I was trying to make was that, yeah, you were working your 36 hours or whatever, but you're still putting in more debt. So the Actually, no, I think you were still earning more money than me. I was, yeah. That was what I was trying to get at okay. without trying to hurt your feelings. But <laughs> I'm still a little hurt, and that's fine. The point of the story I was trying to make was that we've taken turns being the sort of financial head of household, if you will. So I was making a decent amount of money, which is why we could afford to live where we lived and like mm. all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you were still working full time, but like, a lot of my money was going towards like maintaining the lifestyle, right. <laughs> if not increasing it a little bit. Yeah. So like you and I have bounced back and forth on who's like the financial breadwinner. There was a great point where we were both making about the same amount of money, mm -hmm. um, which was, that was amazing. <laughs> but, um, but one of us has always kind of made a little bit more than the other. We've kind of taken turns for now. I think while I'm building, it's you, the trajectory of your partnership, those things have the potential to change. It's another thing to have, I guess, a more, I don't know, nuclear relationship. I guess that would be the polite way to put that. Again, I think the prenup really just helps people have that conversation. Because another thing, too, I'm considering is that, like, yeah, what if Halise Beast, well, actually, not even what if, gonna speak that, you know what I'm saying? Halise Beast grows, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> into a full fledged media situation where there's podcasts and then there's videos and, you know, all the stuff, right? So many things. So many things. And, you know, I've been able to build it up, but to me, I automatically think of it in terms of, like, to me, you do own half of it because without you, right now being sort of the financial foundation so I can now do this and take on a certain level of risk um, for hopefully, go and speak that, for definitely <laughs> a lot of reward. Like if we ever split, I should not like, I should not try to take away the fact that 
without your help, I would not have gotten this to where it is. And so on the one hand, I understand a prenup. I understand a prenup when it comes in terms of things that you've gotten without that, that spouse's help at all. Especially, again, if you're going to leave some of those things to um, caregiving for a family member or, again, how we've talked about in other episodes about success and stuff like that and wanting to, you know, plant seeds of, like, your younger cousins or nieces or nephews and children. Maybe y'all, maybe the other person's coming in with kids and you're like, I'm already setting this aside for my first kid that isn't your kid and I want to make sure that kid's okay, you know? So that all makes sense to me. I think, again, which I think a lot of these episodes will come down to is about your individual situation. <laughs> so Reflect on it. Reflect on it, yeah. Um, I think the other little, like, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to talk about the breadwinner thing for just a little bit. I don't feel like I need to, as the man, bring in more money. Like, I know we were talking about it before, and you were mm. like, why are you, like, why are you wanting, fixating on that? Mm-hmm. Why, do, why are you emphasizing that, oh, yeah, you were still doing stuff. And it, it's with me because we're trying to make things so equal. Like I don't want it to feel like I wasn't pulling my own weight. Mm. Um, like even though I was at school, there was still a certain level of comfort that we had in our living situation and our finances that I didn't want to disrupt. Oh man, there's a lot of financial like baggage. I wonder why, why that is. Yeah. You're very, you are very That's weird into the financial stuff. Because I remember to, when you were going, that. yeah. Because I remember when you were going through your master's degree, I kept telling you like, you can go part time. It's okay for you to go part time, and you were like, no, it's gonna be so terrible. And it's like, no, because I could see how much you were working yourself too, and it's kind of like you, you literally don't need to. We will be okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Part of working as a staff nurse is like the flexibility because I'm only working three right. shifts a week. Yeah. Then I have four days to get everything else done. Right. But that's the thing. I know for you, you're always like, I don't want you to think that I'm only working two days a week and then I've got, how was it? How many days are in a week? Oh my God. And then I've got, you know, these five days and I'm just kind of pissing away. And I was like, no, I understand that your master's degree is intense. I live with you. I see how often you were sitting on this couch cracking open books and writing papers and things like such as. You're good. And you still, yeah, you waited until, until you were basically like depriving yourself of like fundamental things you needed to do your master's degree well. Yeah. And that was when you finally were like, okay, I'm going to go part-time. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to hold on to this so I can lord it over you, but I, I don't mind being the financial rock. Because mm. like, I know... The consistent income, the income that you can count on, that you know it's going to come in biweekly, mm-hmm. is mine. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm down with being stable. I'm down with being, you know, the thing that you can constantly consider, yeah. you can just depend on. Yeah. I think some of that is, though, just, like, that, like, there's the masculinity that's, like, built into most men that you have to... I think some of it is that. Though. I mean, sure, I, I'm, I, I don't know if I can deny that, but I just, I enjoy knowing that I am assisting us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Excuse me, but I have no, no qualms about you being the breadwinner. Oh, or just like making more money. Right. Oh, yeah. Because I, I keep joking, and it's like partially joking that if you ever get up, like hurry up and get to the point <laughs> where I don't have to be working like yeah. i can i can just go ahead and be a member of the production team or something a yeah. member of the company 
Ooh, that'd yeah. be great. And it's like, oh, Holly's Beast is the brand. It's like, yeah, cool. Uh huh. And <laughs> oh, but she makes more money than you. I'm still eating and drinking fine. So if you enjoyed this content, you know, keep check, keep following us. We're gonna do these every week wherever you listen slash watch us, whether it's on youtube.com slash Elise or via Anchor or wherever you get your podcast because I believe Anchor sends them everywhere. We're committing to a week every week? I feel like we should, like a once a week situation. Ooh, commitment. I know, it's so scary, right? We can do it. I have faith in us. Anyway, <laughs> mostly because I'm stubborn and foolhardy, so I will keep making this happen at any by all means necessary as y'all can see for those of y'all who have watched a few of these episodes you will notice our mics have upgraded spider mic there's a reason for that Ooh. um but anyway leave us a voicemail because you can do that on anchor apparently you can leave voicemails so messages. please do voicemail messages i don't know why i included that sorry i just wanted to be part of it <laughs> include me in your world <laughs> you're you're very included am i you're sitting, we're, you're literally included in the, okay. okay. Um, we'll see you next week, y'all. Bye. <laughs> Bye.